Are you ready, Gus? Wait a minute. Gus, when I got home, you were, ready, JT? were you or were you not listening to the Prince of Egypt soundtrack? Indeed, I was. And honestly, I have been listening to it off and on ever since I rewatched it. Yeah, you've been listening to it for like a few weeks. Yeah. Maybe like a month at this at point. At least a month at this point. Yeah. Dude, it, listen, it's got some absolute bangers on it. And I think it's great. When I when we first uh, decided to watch and do a review on this movie, I was watching it thinking, you know, is this like one of the best animated movies ever made? And then you texted me, or we were talking, and yeah. you said, dude, is this one of the best musicals ever made? Right. And I didn't even fucking it's thought about of, it's that. It's one of the few, it, and I'm not a musical person. It's one of the me few neither. musicals that I like genuinely love. Really, really enjoy. Yes. It's great. 100%. And I think, like, obviously, like, the story of Moses is a pretty, like, universal story. Like, across the world, like, it's one of the more well-known stories across, like, any... Well, across history. Across history. Just the across story of Exodus. Cultures. Right. It's, yeah. it's literally, yeah, it's the story of, of, of uh, Jewish people being, you know, delivered from Egypt to the Promised Land. And... You know, there's a there's some like some text at the beginning that's like, <clears throat> you know, you know the the story isn't an, an exact retelling, but our goal was to like honor the true story of Moses and and his you know his work, right, delivering the people from Egypt to to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and I mean as far as like biblical stories go, this is one of the better like one of the better ones I think I've ever scene yeah sure and i mean really there's all kinds of you know there's all kinds of stories from the bible that have been made into movies but Mm -hmm. like i don't know exodus is one like the story of exodus is one that so many different people can relate to like you don't have to you can enjoy this movie without having ever like without being familiar with the story um or like having any sort of like hardcore religious backgrounds right like right i think obviously like for people with religious backgrounds it probably has more of an impact but again even if you don't like there's so much good story it's like one of the original stories like that has ever been told now all that said this movie also wouldn't be made today it would not no hollywood would not touch this movie. absolutely not and uh, especially a major studio like dreamworks dreamworks that's what it is yeah close Oh no! To, to animating this movie, no, turning it into a children's movie that's pretty dark, actually, very dark, like really dark. Like it doesn't really like cut out. No, some of it the doesn't ho- shy away from any no, of the darkness. S- some of the darker stuff that happens. And it's rated PG. This movie for sure would be PG thirteen. I would think made so today. today. Yeah, and it, I mean it's not that old. It was made in ninety eight. Right. It's so not, yeah, it's not like it's super pg-13 was a rating that was allowed right yes it was it was a thing i think for animated movies at the time though there just wasn't like every animated movie at that time was either rated g or pg right so i'm sure like slapping a pg-13 rating on that movie would have absolutely tanked it yeah like it would have been bad but like i i like i when i watched it i think i watched it like in in june and it had been a good five plus years since I last watched it, and it, I remember it being like one of my one of my favorite animated movies yeah. when I was a kid, 
and watching it as an adult now, that like you said, that movie is really dark. Like, yeah. it, like I can't, I can't believe like I watched that as a kid, and it, of course, as a kid, it just goes right over your head. Like, I've watched this movie oh, so many times too. Like the, as a, yeah. as a small child, seriously, as a kid, I was watching this movie. It was like three plus times a year I would watch this <laughs> and I movie. Don't, I don't. I don't particularly remember being like terrified. No, or but, thinking like, "Oh wow, they're but, killing but, a bunch of babies right now." Like, but, but a, a child would be forgiven for watching this movie and never wanting to see it again. A hundred percent for having nightmares. For oh yeah, weeks. Not only is like they're they're like not only is there like a lot of terror like in the storytelling. There's a lot of like visual, yeah, el- visual elements that are very creepy and very dark, and just really like. Because I think a lot what the what the directors and the writers did was that they a lot of the more um, harsh moments in the story of Exodus they left to visual storytelling, right? Yes. Purely visual yeah. storytelling, and when that happens in the movie, it is it is it is very dark. Yeah, the, through and through. Yeah, like, the watching with, like well, just watching the plague. Yeah, the, that Watching that the like plagues. compilation of mm-hmm. the plague, and especially the the whole kind of the whole series during the death of the firstborn mm-hmm. is amazing visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing, especially for an animated movie. It's something that you don't like. Oh yeah, we don't we don't really experience that, especially in today's mm-hmm. in today's animated film landscape. I guess. Right, um, and it's. Yeah, it's there's that it's great emotional. It's I don't know. It's it's perfect, really. That visual montage when Moses is like looking at all the uh, what do they call it? Like the drawings, the Egyptian hierog- hieroglyphs. No, yeah. that no, not hieroglyphs. But like you know those you like uncultured those. Swine. I know those interpretive drawings yeah. that show him like where he comes from, like mm-hmm. what his past really is, and it. It does this beautiful animated sequence, completely complete montage of like what happened to all the other firstborns that were in, uh, firstborn uh, Jews that were in Egypt at the time. It's like it, there are so many that moment there, and there are so many other moments in this movie that really are like completely like ahead of their time. But at the same time, it's not something that animated movies really do today no like it's it's one of those animated movies that kind of exists in like its own category of like visual story like like beautiful visual storytelling it's even unique for its time and i think oh yeah like that era the 90s was kind of the peak for those types of animated movies right from from dreamworks to disney it was pixar toy pixar, story was coming that, out like then. that was the time for animated movies oh, yeah. and it was being done very well during that era where right. it, it still holds up today movies from that era especially oh, yeah. animated do very well today mm-hmm. um and the other thing too and this is partially animation this is partially writing this is partially just Val Kilmer being brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> the character of Moses has so much depth and emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the the story of the story of the real Moses is reflected very well in this movie. Yeah. And because it is, you know, he is a complicated character. Um, yes. and and Val Kilmer does a fantastic job of portraying kind of the 
um, the the guilt, the sorrow, mm-hmm. all of those real deep emotions that especially in voice acting are next to impossible right. to portray. And mm-hmm. he does a beautiful job. He does. You really get the sense of like a man who is like torn between two different versions of himself, like two realities. Yeah. Like oh yeah. The, the reality that he grew up in as a, you know, a, a fair, the Pharaoh's son while kind of like denying that he really is different and he knows it. And then, you know, the complete juxtaposition to fully accepting who he is but also not being really accepted by his people at the beginning either. Like there is so much con- like inner conflict within right. Moses for pretty much the entire movie. He's like outright denied by some of them. Like, oh yeah, he's there. There's a point in the film where he's really not accepted by anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like your point about he's kind of living. He's living in such a way that he's trying to almost trying to deny that he's different. Right. Because obviously we know because we're the way that we're introduced to him, but also we know the story yeah. that Moses was kind of not kind of an outcast in his time because right. he didn't fit a particular group. Right. And you know, it is pretty clear, like for, for lack of better terms, like he's the stepbrother. Oh and, yeah. And he's kind of treated that way, even by Pharaoh and by right. um, Ramesses. Yeah. Um, and he has to kind of navigate that entire world trying to figure out, especially once he learns what his past is. Right. Who is who who are his loyalties going to lie with? Right. And how does like you you get that sense of despite the fact that, you know, I think like Ramsey's really at least as it's portrayed in this movie, really did treat him as a brother. Yes, like he's someone very compassionate. Someone he he truly loved as family. And that's one like they they express this so well throughout the movie like the deep connection they have with each other mm-hmm. and how like how like hard it is for them to be at odds with each other mm-hmm. like Moses in no way wants to be at odds with his brother but his goal is simple he let my people go like literally right. Ramses let my people go. that's what he says that however many times he says it in the movie it's portrayed greatly in the plague sequence one of the best songs in the entire movie Ray Fiennes can sing too, man. Yeah, oh yeah. I, like oh yeah. That was I remember I remember being a kid and being like affected by the music, but like again, watching it rewatching it as an adult, there's just were so many more moments for me at least that emotionally just had so much more of an impact. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite things about really like truly good animated movies is that they they're they tend to be more geared towards children but the best ones have the same exact kind of effect on adults but in a much more like human emotional way yeah like animated movies should be made for kids to be able to enjoy especially if you know they're like with pixar and and a lot of the dreamworks movies that have that came out around that time but to be able to have that that added layer of hey by the way when you are 25 you'll be able to watch this movie and enjoy it in an entirely different way. And it'll be able to like, you'll be able to like keep the nostalgia of enjoying it as a kid and then have a whole new perspective on like what the movie is actually about. Right. Like the animated movies that have that duality always stand out. And this to me is like a prime example of an animated movie that does that without fail. Well, I think the, the best animated movies 
kind of have that emotional effect on you in ways that film can't because animated movies at their core have to be they have to tell stories visually and yeah they can they can get away you know there's a lot less room for error when it comes to animated films because everything is artificial right so yeah you you have to be damn near perfect if you're going to have that same emotional effect and if mm-hmm. you're really going to sway the audiences um even in like you said the, these movies they are geared towards children but they need to they need to have some response from the adult audiences from essentially the parents right and you know live action children's movies are the same way except there's something so i don't know there's something at the same time, so simple and complex about animation. Mm-hmm. It's simple because it kind of brings us back to like our roots, right? And it, bring, oh, it yeah. brings you back to the roots of filmmaking right? in a way. Um, it brings you back to your childhood and all those things. But um, it's also, you have to have some sort of vulnerability almost to, to get emotional over an animated film or to learn right. a lesson from an animated film or, or to have that sort of complex response and relationship with a right. film like this. And this this movie does everything right mm-hmm. to supply even a couple grown men with right. that that type of that type of response. And, right, that type of reaction. And and reaction to watching the movie that we have each seen probably a dozen or more times. Oh god, I can't you even, know? I can't even count. I couldn't even count how many times. Well, it kind of to piggyback off what you were saying too, it it's simple in in that it animated movies like you said, they have to rely on on visuals, which is when it comes to filmmaking, like the purest form of filmmaking is purely visual, dialogue free. That's how film started, mm-hmm. right? There was no dialogue in films until the 1920s. Films were being made for over a decade before they actually got sound on film. Right. So it's simple in that, yeah, you're you're relying much more on visual storytelling, but then it, it's complex in that that visual storytelling is a compilation of so much hand-drawn storyboarded visuals, right? You mm-hmm. can't you can't just rely on saying, "Okay, we're going to turn the camera on, we'll block this scene out and then we'll go." You have to put so much more fine-tuning detail, especially when it comes to hand-drawn animation. Yeah. Which this movie when it comes to hand-drawn animation, I mean, this the Iron Giant is up there for me. Like this is one of the most beautiful. It, it knocks it out of the park. I, I mean, yeah. The the use of color and light, in in darkness in this movie, the fact that it's hand drawn, it's just, I, it's hard to believe sometimes. Like when you watch it, I can't believe people drew this. Like, right. They yeah. drew this movie out, and then it was animated, and now it, and here it is. This movie was on paper. There's so basically. much. Right. There's so much. That's where like the complexity comes. Like yes. the simplicity is exactly it, much more visual, and then the complexity too is that it's much more visual, mm-hmm. and there's so like. The fact that they have such like textured backgrounds and like, the, you know, it's obviously it's a two dimensional space, but you can feel the depth mm-hmm. of space regardless. Despite the fact that it's all drawn on paper, you can still feel like there's like an actual three dimensional space in the scenes that you're watching play out in this movie. And yeah, and this really and cool. this movie does it really it nails that dichotomy. It's it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to play a game that you know I love playing, um, <laughs> called. 
let me read you the cast of this movie because <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. You're going to finish reading that, and I'm going to say one more thing, and it's going to blow your mind. Okay, okay. Here we go. Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Danny Glover. Patrick Stewart. Steve Martin. Martin Short. James Avery. Dude. That is like... This... Oh, cast. Uh, my thing, original okay. music composed by Say it. Hans yes, Zimmer. Sir. Dude, how did, Dude. I mean, I remember. I, <laughs> and, this, and this is, this is, by the way, some of Hans Zimmer's best ever. Yes, ever. And, that, and for a guy like Hans Zimmer, that is. That's saying something. High, high praise. It is. Also, like, I remember watching it and I heard, like, I heard Sandra Bullock's voice. And I was like, holy shit, that's Sandra Bullock. And then a, a musical, you know, a musical sequence played. And I said, this sounds a lot like a Hans Zimmer score. Yeah. And then I looked, I Googled yeah. it and I was like, holy shit, this is a Hans Zimmer score. Like, this is Hans Zimmer, right? I, I was just sitting there like, I can't believe in 1998, the DreamWorks was able to pull this off. Like, that's... In, the, a, a, this story, especially to, yeah. like, to get this kind of cast and th- that composer, it just... It's like lightning. It feels like... It's like one of those lightning in a bottle movies where you don't really appreciate how good you can't you really can't appreciate how good it is and how impactful it is and how like again how it was like ahead of its time until you kind of you get older you become an adult and you see this cast list you see the composer you go and you realize man there's like there is way too much in this movie to comprehend as a kid and yet it's too yes it's too much to take in and yet it's still very enjoyable like yeah. I can't wait. Like yes. I'm, a, if I ever have kids one day, you never know. This is going to be one of the first movies. Like this is this is on that list yeah. of movies that like when my when my kids whatever six years old seven. This is one of those first movies. I'm like, okay, we're gonna sit down and watch something. This is dad. This is one of daddy's favorites, <laughs> and I cannot wait for you to experience it. You won't understand why I love it until you're my age. Well, kind of, but. Here we go. Like, to that point, in. like this has become this has become a movie that as a as just a lover of film, like this is a movie that I would recommend to people. People that I don't even know, people who are unfamiliar with the Prince of Egypt, the people who don't even know a thing about movies. Right. I would recommend this to them. Oh yeah. This is this is one of those movies where and we have reviewed plenty of movies where at the end we're like, yeah, I don't recommend this. I love right. it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Right. This is a movie that I both love and I think almost everybody else Any will love casual too. moviegoer would love, I think, would love this yes, movie. absolutely. Anyone who just appreciates like a good hour and a half of, of very good visuals, amazing uh, um, voice acting, and just, like I said, like a good, like one of the first stories ever put on paper. Yeah. Right? Also, to, speaking about like people who haven't seen it, this movie is kind of flies under the radar. Yeah, like it kind of yes. just it kind of goes it kind of just just kind of exists to the like there are people who know it and love it, but a majority of people I don't like a majority of people our age I don't know that a lot of people have seen it in the no. past like yeah. since it came out in ninety eight so twenty four twenty four years ago mm-hmm. like in those twenty four years I don't know that it's like like had a saw as like a huge following as some other animated right. movies have. And honestly, I think that's like, that's one of like the greatest like disappointments of our generation is that this movie isn't like propped up on a pedestal for being one of the ex- prime examples of animation. 
of like good, yeah, really like great animated movies. And even like I'm even guilty of that. In <laughs> oh yeah, just you know in brainstorming the some of the best animated movies ever made. Uh huh. This is up. This is like top three, probably in my opinion, from the I ones mean, that I've seen. After having watched it again, I would I would say that, like before I watched it, I wouldn't have said that. And then after having watched right, it, like I would yeah, even I would throw it up there. I had seen this so many times as a kid, and I wouldn't have even like thought of it if you were to ask me my my the best animated movie. Right? How did we even? How did this movie even get back on our radar? Like I'm trying to think. I oh, I th- okay. I think I was either. I was thinking about Ferris Bueller. Okay. And when Cameron's in bed and he says, when Cameron was, and he's let my camera, oh. the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's from a movie. I think that's from Prince of Egypt. Yeah, because then you, like, you came to me with the song and you were like, yes. You were like, do you know this song? And I was like, Prince of Egypt? Of course I know the song. Yeah, of, uh, absolutely. And I think I watched it. I had like a, a long weekend shift at work and it yeah. was slow and I just watched Prince of Egypt and I was like, dude. This movie's sick. So like, yeah, yeah. I and also I think around the same time there was I think there was like a, maybe like a Cinema Sins came out about yes, the movie. Yes, right around that same time. And you know, Cinema- it was like the week you brought it up to me. Yeah, and then it was just destiny. Yes, we were like, yeah, we're watching this movie. And do the great thing. I I have a love hate relationship with Cinema Sins channel. One of the like that channel is generally pretty negative towards films overall. That's its job. But even even the people behind that sh- channel were like. Okay, this is yeah. This is one of the best animated well, movies of, ever made. One of the best things about Cinema Sins is when they take sins away, mm-hmm. because there are moments in a film that are just too good. Right. Like, like as much as they like, they get paid to basically be haters. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. oftentimes hilarious, sometimes annoying, sometimes a little much. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, like they love film as much as we do, and they. When it comes down to it, there's some things that they just can't give sin. They to cannot help but because appreciate. they watch and they realize it's too right. good to even try to fake something being wrong with. Yeah. It, also, know? okay, we haven't really, we haven't really brought this part up yet, but the the music, the songs, yeah, in this movie, like the fact that they kick off with "Deliver Us." Which you know and the, the and choirs, oh the my choir, gosh, the, the choirs, choirs and the uh, Moses's mother, her verses in that song, yeah, are fucking like, I, I I was like I don't know if I was like just it was an emotional week for me or something, but I was sitting there like God damn like <laughs> holy shit like I am like I was very affected like I felt it was very emotionally affected by a lot of the music in this movie and that's why like one reason why I'm not really like that into musicals is like it kind of checks me out a little bit yeah like it just kind of removes me from like the reality of of the of the scene which is why like when it comes to musicals things like like Moulin I like Moulin Rouge because it's a little more fantastical it's not as rooted in reality as like other musicals are but man hearing hearing these songs was like they just there's so much emotional resonance contained within the lyrics and yeah. you can feel that emotional depth when they sing it too. I think that part of the problem with a lot of musicals really comes down to timing. There, there are plenty of musicals that have very good music, very catchy songs, yeah. but are timed so poorly that, like you said, it, it takes you out of the experience of mm-hmm. the movie. This film times its songs so perfectly. Yeah. You know, the they're always... 
they always match the tone and the emotion of whatever we're watching play out in the story. Right. And it always, it never detracts. It never takes us out like, oh, I, uh, you, you never like get in a groove of a scene and then you feel interrupted by a song. Right. It, it's never a distraction. It's never an interruption. Right. Um, if anything, it just enhances what right. you're already getting emotional about. It amplifies the moment right. that you're it, in. It amplifies it. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, dude. I I can't really say bad things about this movie. I have no... I don't, like, I don't know that I can nitpick it. There's not... I mean, I can't. I certainly... Like, pace. it's paced perfectly. The direction is beautiful. The animation is amazing. The songs are... All of them, all of them, like, of obviously, like, I have songs on here that I enjoy more than others in the yeah. movie, but, like, they all have such value. Like you said, they all have so much value to the scene that they're in that I can't, like, I can't knock the songs. I can't knock, obviously, I can't knock the score. I can't knock the, there's nothing here that I'm, like, I think about. I'm, like, eh, maybe that could have been right. better or eh, maybe that feels dated. There's nothing contained within this movie that, to me, is in any way a negative and I love it. Like, I love this movie for many reasons that also, we was talked this, about. I, I'm sure it wasn't, but maybe it was. Was this the first time that Steve Martin and Martin Short did like a big production together? I don't know. I mean, they've, I they've always been amazing together. Right. They've like, they're do they're, they're, they, they are them as a duo. They might as well be one person. Oh yeah, but and like and they've been doing it for a while. I don't know how like I don't know when it like started though. I'm I'm trying to think. I don't know. It could be this could I be think, like I think they at this point they do like tours together. They do stuff. tours together. Only murders in the building. Yeah, like one of the better new shows on Hulu right now. Right, I yeah. love that show. I do too. And they make it. They make it good. Like, uh, uh, Selena Gomez is great. But Steve Martin and Martin Short are they the reason that movie. show yeah. is what it is. Absolutely. But yes, having them as the as the as Pharaoh's uh, religious advisors or whatever they, whatever you would call them. Oh, it's just so good. Even their song is it's like a more like it's one of the more like fun songs yeah. of the movie, despite the fact that it's in a very serious moment. Um, but man, they're just oh, I can't like. Their work, Ray Fine's work, Val Kilmer's work. Like you had to like you said it was Val Kilmer and I before I like the day before I watched it and I was like, again, it was just one of those things. I was like I would have never known that as a kid. Yeah. And having watched it as an adult, it just every every part of the movie from the voice from voice work to the music to the the overall production and visuals just completely changed. All for the better, too. Right, like I love that movie more now than I did when I was a kid. Yeah, and because and, it was, and this was like a staple in my household. You know? Oh yeah, same. We had that. We had that on VHS. Yeah, same. We ran that VHS. I can't tell you how many times. Yeah. dude. And uh, it's an A plus. We're not grading it. No, right? we're not going to waste already, our time. Listen, it's a it's a classic out of ten. It's like a, yes, you, there's like, there's no need to grade it because Agreed. it is it is a must watch. It is a run do not walk. It is a a all-time great, and it has held up for the last 24 years. And it'll continue to. And it'll continue to hold up. So go watch it. Go check it out. Uh, and then go check us out. And then, yeah, we have a library. We do. Of content. We do. At this point, we are in the mid-70s. We are, uh, we are, you will, yeah. You will not, you have hours upon hours 
I mean, perhaps you, literally, days. quite quite literally seventy day. seventy or plus two. hours of content from um, us. So if you like this type of discussion, if you like movie reviews, if you like movies, and who doesn't? Oh yeah, who doesn't like movies? And if you like podcasts, by the way. Uh, check us out anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You found us already, obviously, mm-hmm. but tell your friends, tell your kids, Co- coworkers, tell your wives, tell your wife, tell your dogs, tell your husbands. Doesn't, if you're one of the you know three women that probably listen to us, uh, doesn't matter. I feel like oh, our audience skews pretty male. I'm not gonna lie. Also, every time you think, every time you start to think to yourself, "Oh, Dom and Gus are done. Dom and Gus aren't making pods. The Front Row Podcast is dead." Guess the Guess fuck what? What? Bitch. We're we're not. We're not. We're fully alive. We're fully live. Here's the issue is lately we've just been watching different movies. Yes, than, we got than each bed. other. We we got in this habit. Yeah. I think over the past month each of us has seen two or three movies in theaters and all different from what all the other seen. from each other. We were um, on such a good we were on such a good track of like Every movie we watched was the same for a right. solid like a, year and a, a half. For a long time. Pretty much since we started the pod. Yeah. And then like, yeah, since like maybe like end of May, it's just been like, oh, I saw this. Oh, I, I just saw this. <laughs> yeah. There's not been like a consistent, <laughs> but I think since we're at, I think we're at, we're, we're still in an okay zone where we can catch up. Yeah. Like oh, it's, yeah. we're only at like two or three movies. Right. And, so, and, you know, we've, we've kept <clears throat> up with the important ones this year. Yeah. Um, we have, yeah, we'll we'll be able to keep up with the with the rest of. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two. I hate to break it to you, but you are gonna have to see Thor: Love and Thunder. I know. It's one the people uh, the people want it. But you know I don't want to. I know you don't want to. Uh, I'll go with you. I'll I'll get you. I'll help. I'll help you get through it. Okay. Because I need to see it again. Before, it, I think I need be, to see it again before I can. Okay. Really. Okay. Have a because like every I time might, I might possibly consider it. Every time How's I. That? Yeah, okay. I feel like every time I see a Mar- or, or like at least a Marvel movie that I'm excited for, like I have to see it more than once cuz I have like rose tinted glasses on when I see it the first time. Yeah. But like obvi- and obviously there are like givens. Like Spider-Man No Way Home given. That was a great movie. Right. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, I really enjoyed it the first time and then when I did end up watching it a second time, I liked it even more. So yeah. that was a solid opinion too. Thor Love and Thunder, I feel like if I watch it again, my initial opinions might shift a little well, bit. Well, and sometimes it's hard to watch an MCU movie and separate it from the MCU and just right. look at it through the lens of a film reviewer. Right. You know? Like, as a film, how does this, how does this actually work? Rather than how does it stack up in the MCU. In the MCU, right. Um, and also, like, a little distracted because I was not by myself when I watched it. Like, I was... Doesn't matter. Anyway, like, there were other people with me that I was like feeding off of their energy they liked it a lot so I think I might have been a little mm, more inclined to like saying. it yeah, because yeah, yeah. this certain person was enjoying it and so I was just kind of naturally enjoying it a little right, more right I understood feel like seeing it with you would give me that little more of like a base level like Okay, we're what we're we are here to watch this movie. We're still gonna hold hands, right? And uh, obviously, okay, yeah, just checking. And I'm gonna I'm gonna like tap your just toe just to like it. let you know, like, hey, I'm still here, baby. Large drink, tap. two straws. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Large popcorn for sharing. Yeah. Obviously. Every time. Uh. Anyway, anyway you Whoa. can. That was 
That was not planned. Um, check us out everywhere. Like we said, we're still we're, we're still listen. up and at it. <laughs> Leo is still here. Leo's still here. Being an absolute menace to society. Being a real McAsshole. Um, but check us out. We're on social media too. Oh yeah. Um, I have Gus gotten a couple movie requests. I will let you know. I don't want to make promises on air, so I'll <laughs> let you know. Can you at least tell me what they are? Elsewhere, yeah, but not here. I got you. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But anyway, Ooh. uh, we are on. Instagram, Facebook, at Front Row Podcast. Now, I have changed oh. our name to kind of streamline things a little bit. Sweet. That, that's um, nice. So now we are Front Row Podcast everywhere. Um, I don't need to give you the ats anymore because no. we're Front Row Podcast. It's Front Row Podcast Just everywhere you go. Find Front Row Podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasting, SoundCloud. Everywhere you, for you look up podcasts, Front Row Podcast. Look up Front Row Podcast. We'll tell, be there. Tell your friends. And honestly, you could type in FRP episode one through 60 plus now, and you will find our entire catalog, which includes Behind the Front Rows. It includes our horror series that we did in 2020. Yes. It includes some amazing commentary on multiple series, including the MCU, the Halloween franchise, Horror series that we really enjoy. It includes a live watch along of of the Justice League. The Justice League. Which, hopefully, that's not the last watch-along we do. Yeah, that honestly, was those are pretty and fun. by the way, the people kind of loved it. They did. So, they did. They um, liked that one a lot. Anyway, everybody, we are still here. We are around. We give are us here. a like. We give us here. a follow. Give us a comment. Uh, tell us what you love. Tell us what you hate. And we will see you next time. Well, we'll you'll, Bye-bye. You'll hear us. You'll hear time. us next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>